She was skipping through the meadow as the sun descended in the sky. She quickened her pace because her mom had told her to be home before dark. Her run slowed to a walk as she noticed the mist settling around her. Then she saw him. Standing at the edge of the trees. She knew he was looking at her even though he had no face that she could see. A deep chill ran through her and drew her toward the trees until she stood looking up at him. He loomed over her, his head bent down toward hers. He was so tall, and she couldn't stop looking at him. He held out his hand to her, and a tentacle laced around her wrist. He turned into the trees and gently tugged her along with him. Hello, and welcome. This is a What If I Told You podcast, a show that is celebrating the official first day of fall. Hey! It's amazing. It's a great fucking day. I wore a sweater with skinnies and my chucks, and I felt free. I also wore a hoodie all day today. I wish I could wear a hoodie at work. Um, it was 49 degrees when I got to work this morning and I was like, I'm in heaven. Yeah. When I got out of bed this morning, the house was 63 degrees. I was freezing, but I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. I like being super cold in my house. I do like my house to be on the colder side. However, I do think this house kind of retains heat a little. So it always stays right around 71 degrees in here, which is fine. I'm usually cold around 70, 71 degrees. My house is like 69, 70. And so, which, which is why it was so cold when I woke up this morning. Yeah. Whenever it was winter time and it was like when we had the, that one whole week where every day the high was like zero degrees. Yeah. Then my house was. 63 degrees yeah but so you guys know the fucking drill check out our tiktok follow that shit look us up on instagram follow that shit and if you really feel like it send us an email but we don't really expect you to do that so yeah i mean we really only use the email for business purposes at this point yeah i'm feeling a little phlegmy uh, because I just ate two cookies that not, not that the, her cookies made me flimmy. It's just <laughs> sugar. Yeah. Sweet. Um, they were delicious. They're pumpkin cookies and, um, I will be eating those until they're gone. Yeah. Um, I made them last night. They are pumpkin peanut butter cookies. I didn't know that this was a real cookie. I, I thought of it. I was like, it would be so good to have a peanut butter cookie that was pumpkin flavored. Yeah. So I looked it up. It exists. 
I did tweak it a little. It was I, delicious. I upped the pumpkin because you put pumpkin puree in it, like just regular pumpkin. You could probably use pumpkin pie mix if you wanted it to be sweeter, but they do not need to be sweeter. You're telling me you didn't buy actual pumpkins and puree that shit yourself? Actually, I uh, 100% did. Oh, you did? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, I always have pumpkin puree because the dogs eat it every day with their dinner. Yeah. So I just had all of the baking ingredients on hand. Yeah, they were delicious. They were like almost refreshing. Yeah. They're not too sweet, which is what I liked. I was a little for I took some to work today and they were gone instantly. Yeah. But I was afraid that people were not going to like them that much because they're not super sweet. They were I mean, they were perfect. Uh, yeah, they're my perfect kind of cookie because they're warm. Yeah. They have like the warm flavor. It's the cinnamon and the nutmeg. I really needed coffee with that. Yes, they were excellent for breakfast. Yeah. They're so, good breakfast cookies. Now that I've had vegetables today, yeah, um, I got my vegetable and protein in those cookies. Those are health cookies. They are health cookies. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. So for Chip's Corner today... He dropped some soil knowledge on us. Apparently he is also a geologist. Yes. Chip wears many hats. He's a geologist, a meteorologist, a criminologist. Yeah. A D&Dologist. Yes. Um, a carpenterologist. I think you can just say carpenter. <laughs> no, we're sticking with the ologist. <laughs> All right. So this is what Chip had to say. The main reason soil samples are collected is because there may be a certain type of soil that was under fingernails or located on the body that is known to be around a certain area where the murder could have happened. Never thought of it that way. No. So, if they know there is a very specific type of red clay that is around someone's house that is found on the body, that adds to the evidence against the murderer. As far as the Dahlia case goes, the sooner to collect the soil, the better. They have a 0% of finding something if they don't check, but they might have a 2% chance if they check knowing they may not find anything. It's better to check every possible door that is open versus just looking over it. Chip, that is so fucking true. The logic here. (laughs) It's just like saying you never know until you ask. Right. Um, Right. You never know what the soil holds, so. That's true. You gotta check that shit out. Thank you so much, Chip. Yes, that is true. I also did not think about, like, under-the-fingernail type of shit. I was strictly thinking about remains in the soil. Yes. Here we are. Here we are. Thank you. Your dirt's going to incriminate you, so just don't commit any crimes. Also, uh, Chip said we are absolutely not wholesome. Which I found very incredibly offensive. Uh, Yeah. And he also said he thinks it's funny that we give graphic warnings at the beginning of certain episodes, and um, then we say, like, oh, go listen to something more lighthearted. And he's like, there's there's not anything lighthearted. Yes, But huh. there totally is. There's Roanoke. There's Bigfoot. Yeah, there's uh, fucking Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. The zombies. The Salem Witch Trials. And um, the Bermuda Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle. The one we did on Area the 51. Alaskan Mind Control. Yeah. So many. We're still wholesome. You know those, what? We are very lighthearted people. Uh, yes. Lighthearted as shit all the time. All the time. <laughs> Except for when you first got to my house and we had a conversation about 
things we're not going to talk about on this freaking podcast because there will be an uproar. Yeah, it's cool. Whatever. Um, good news, everyone. I uh, picked up my MacBook today. Oh. And I really feel on top of the world. You know what? That's true. Yeah. Um, was a little mad because it was supposed to be at my house on Monday, which it was. They wouldn't leave it there. So what the fuck yeah. ever. I went through literally the exact same thing when I ordered this desktop. When I ordered it and selected my delivery options, I selected leave without signature because I was planning to stock the tracking and just leave work and come home and put it in the house. Yeah. Or if I couldn't leave work, my sister, I she was already going to be here. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, sis is going to be there. And if she, for some reason has to cancel, I will just go home. Yeah. And I was, like, not even worried about it. And then the day it was supposed to be delivered, I called Sis, and I was like, hey, is it there? And she's like, no. And she was here for, like, five hours, Mm -hmm. and it never came. And then I got a notification that it was at the FedEx office. Yeah. I did the same thing. I selected no signature and whatever. You have this now. I have mine now. While I appreciate the sentiment behind, we're not going to leave this on your doorstep to get stolen, mm-hmm. I was still frustrated. Please do next time. Yeah. <laughs> like, just please leave it. Please leave it. <laughs> I have cameras at my house. Like, yeah. there's a camera that looks onto the driveway. I'm going to see if someone is walking up to my porch. That's true. And I am ordering two more. One that will be on the front porch and one that will be on the back porch. Yep. So I can see if you pull in my driveway, if you walk to my front porch, or if you walk to my back porch. Yeah. So if if it were to get stolen, I have homeowner's insurance for that shit. Right. Right. I I don't want to have to drive to fucking FedEx. No. It was not fun. Yeah. So I am very excited for today's episode. Me too. We are going to, let's see, it's week four of spook season. Yep, this is episode four of the spook season spectacular. Yes. Today, we are talking about Slender Man. Yes, we are. Well, the Slender Man stabbings. Yeah, we're not just going to talk about Slender Man. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the whole shit. The whole shit. We're going to tell you about the real life stabbing. We're going to tell you about the legend the origin, and some mild speculation will happen. Yes. I've actually witnessed people play the Slender Man video game. There's a Slender Man video game? Yeah. It's scary as fuck. Do I it, love it. The The figure of Slender Man is creepy as shit. Yeah. Yeah, like, the lights were off. Like, I heard them screaming. It was great. Yeah. Anywho, this is, I mean, this is a pretty, like, wild and sad story. It is. Um, it is. Yeah, both of those things. While it is different and very interesting, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's sad. Absolutely. I personally didn't know, like, every single detail of this situation, and I bet a lot of people don't. I, yes, I agree. So, this is exciting. All right. So, we're beginning with three friends. We have Anissa Weir, Morgan Geyser, and Peyton Lautner. The three girls were all 12 years old. 12. You guys, it's 12. 12. I don't even remember being 12. 
Yeah, I know. You don't remember your life before, like, age 20. Yeah. It's <laughs> rough. Anyways. Yeah. So, they were all gathered at Morgan's house for a sleepover on Morgan's 12th birthday. So, this was Friday, May 30th, 2014. For the birthday party, they went roller skating. So, this is very typical 12-year-old girl's birthday party. The roller rink, fucking where it's at. Yes. And uh, then they went back to Morgan's house to do, like, normal sleepover shit. Yeah. On May 31st, so the next day, the friends woke up and had donuts. And then they decided to go to David's Park, which is a wooded area near Morgan's house in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Now, that is from the documentary, that pronunciation. Waukesha. Waukesha. So, if anybody thinks that we pronounced it wrong... This is how they pronounced it in the doc. Because it kind of looks like Waukesha. Yes, it does. That is exactly how it's spelled. That is exactly how it's spelled. (laughs) So once they get to David's Park, they started a game of hide and seek. During this game, Anissa told Peyton to go into the woods, lay down, and cover herself up with leaves. It's an odd request from your friend. Yeah, but I mean... It's hide and seek. You do it. You do it. And, um, so from here, this is when Anissa and Morgan actually pin Peyton down and start stabbing her. They stabbed her a total of 19 times with a five inch long knife. Yeah. That's like this long. That, listen, five inches is a lot. Listen. (laughs) Like, it's a lot. It's a lot, especially when you think about that thing penetrating your body. All right. That didn't sound right. I did not mean it in a sexual manner. In any way you're talking about five inches, it's a lot. (laughs) This is so inappropriate. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, right before the attack, Anissa began to walk away, and then she said to Morgan, Kitty, now... Go ballistic. So Morgan was actually the one who stabbed Peyton. And before stabbing her, Morgan crouched over Peyton and said, Don't be afraid. I'm only a little kitty cat. Oh my fuck. Can you imagine, like, being Peyton? You're laying on the ground. You hear one friend say, Kitty, now go ballistic. And you're thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? And then your other friend just creeps over you and says... Don't be afraid. I'm only a little kitty cat. And then stabs you? What is Peyton thinking? I don't know, man. I I can't imagine how she... Well, of course she's, she's in shock and terrified and probably 100% sure she's about to die. Oh, yeah. But she's also got to be thinking, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this just sounds... It's so... <laughs> There's no question. That's exactly so, what she was thinking. So ridiculous. So after the attack, Peyton actually tried to stand up, but Anissa told her that she needed to lie down because she would bleed slower. So I don't know if that was like... She meant that to be helpful or to be like more fucked up about it. It's really hard to tell, honestly. Like if you were bleeding out, I'd be like, yo, like let's let's get it to where you're bleeding slower. 
Right, because if you're moving, your heart is going to be pumping blood quicker. Right. Your your heart rate's going to go up. Yeah. So if you're just laying still, your heart rate is lower and your blood is moving slower. It makes sense. I don't know if that's scientifically sound, but it makes sense when I say it. Yeah. Chip, <laughs> this is where we need you. So it's very hard to tell, especially if we think about later and whenever Anissa and Morgan are interrogated they don't seem like, I don't know, it's hard, it's so, this is such a weird case, and these two girls are so young, mm-hmm. and both of them mentally ill, clearly, so it's very hard to tell whether or not they, she meant that to help her. Yeah. On In, in all honesty, it sounds like, it sounds ridiculous to say she mm-hmm. just helped stab her 19 times, but right. she really might have been saying it to help her yeah i mean she could have been it yeah so anisa and morgan told peyton that they were actually just going to leave to find help for her but they were lying and they actually fled yeah and peyton managed to drag herself through the woods and to the road and was found by a cyclist who then called 911 yeah when police arrived peyton was still aware enough to tell them who had attacked her And then she was rushed to the hospital and then underwent emergency surgery. There were stab wounds to her arms, legs, and torso. Two of the wounds were to major organs, and one missed a major artery of her heart by less than a millimeter. That's fucking crazy. And another went through her diaphragm and cut into her liver and her stomach. This girl was on the brink. Literally on the brink. Yeah. Anissa and Morgan were apprehended near I-94 after having walked almost five miles and the knife they had used in the attack was in a bag that they were carrying with them. Peyton remained in the hospital for seven days and she actually returned to school in September of that year. So like four or five months of recovery. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm surprised she lived. I am incredibly surprised that she lived. Um, the sheer will to live mm-hmm. was probably, was surely driving her. Yeah. I'm surprised she wanted to go back to school also. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was clearly traumatized. There's a 2020 interview with her that I didn't watch, but it's out there if you want to watch it, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks about the obviously the incident and they talk about it a little bit in the documentary that i watched on hbo i haven't watched the documentary is it good i mean yeah it's 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 fine yeah um hbo obviously they usually do a good job with stuff like that um it does focus heavily on Anissa and morgan which also is what we're gonna focus on mostly not because we don't want to focus on the victim which is what we usually do. Yeah. It's just that the bulk of the story and the reasons behind what happened go to what was happening with Morgan and Anissa. So, yeah. um, but the 2020 interview with Peyton is talked about in the documentary and, um, she attributes her life now to the experience of that attack. Yeah. So obviously she's not saying, I wanted this to happen to me. Right. But she used it to change herself or whatever, grow into the person she is now. She's in college and, you know, just out here living her life. Yeah, because, I mean, this was 
Kind of a long time ago. Yeah, it sounds like it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Like, when you say 2014, it doesn't sound like that long ago, but right. it's 2021. Yeah. So, she's, uh, what is she, like, 20? If she was 12 when this happened? She yeah. She was 19 I was, or 20? I was 20 in 2014. So, yeah, 19 or 20. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So, starting off with the incident, now we're going to look back and talk about why the incident happened. So clearly something is wrong here. Clearly. Uh, It is not regular that 12-year-olds plan and execute a brutal attack on one of their peers. Yeah. That is not what we be doing at 12. No. What was I doing at 12? Let's see, that was 8th grade? No, 7th grade. Because I am a year ahead of my age. So these girls were in 6th grade. I was 7th grade at 12. I don't know, the fifth Harry Potter was coming out. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I mean, I was, you know, in middle school. Yeah. Probably feeling real awkward. Yeah. Middle school is arguably the worst time of any given person's life. Yeah, I think probably around 12, 13 is like, you know, when, let's see, when did the Black Parade come out? I don't know. I have to figure this out right now, because that looks like a lot. (laughs) Um... I was 12 in 2002. 2006? Oh, yeah, that's when I was in sixth grade. So, yeah, that's what I was doing when I was 12, uh, listening to the Black Parade. Well, I was listening to the Used in 2002. They were my favorite band. Yeah. Their first album had come out 2001, I think, so. That is such an awkward age. It's a super awkward age. I mean, I was nerdy, and everyone is awkward at that age, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I just wanted to read books and, li- like, listen to the used. I couldn't imagine holding down my friend and stabbing them 19 times. No. No. Absolutely not. Um, my siblings and I did fake stab one of my other siblings to scare one of my other siblings. <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. yeah. So, Cheyenne and I planned this. Perfect. We, uh, Cheyenne laid down on the step. And I put ketchup on her. And then Sis, the youngest, I ran and got her. I said, Sis, Cheyenne is stabbed. <laughs> I, I didn't specify who stabbed her because I didn't need to. Sis was like, five. <laughs> and she cried and freaked out. And Of course she did. You know. Poor thing. I know. We traumatized her. But she got over it. I wonder she if she remembers it. Probably. <laughs> she took a lot of shit when we were young. She cried a lot, though. It was very easy to, like, get under her skin and make her cry. That's so mean. That's super sad to say. Yeah. I did it the least because I was <laughs> the oldest, but I still participated sometimes. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when all four siblings are within five years of each other. Yeah. You just rough. You fuck each other up constantly. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. Anyway, so, yeah, 12-year-olds are not typically planning and executing an attempted murder. Yeah. So, obviously, from the title, you have surmised that the catalyst for this event is an urban legend called Slender Man. And Anissa and Morgan were apparently obsessed with Slender Man and believed that they would become proxies or puppets 
of Slenderman through committing a murder. They believed that killing Peyton would be a sort of ritual sacrifice and that this act would earn them Slenderman's protection. They believed that after the murder, they would get to go and live with Slenderman in his mansion in the woods and morph into his many monsters. While this is very sinister, these girls seem to have had very deep fantasy interests, which, I mean, so so do I, and I have my whole life. Right. But... I mean, it sounds a little badass. Honestly... It does sound badass to live in a mansion in the woods and be a mini monster. Right. Minus the stabbing. Minus the murder part. The right. rest of it sounds chill. Yeah. I want to be I want to be a mini monster that lives in the woods in a mansion. Listen, we have talked about how unfair it is that we are not actually like fae princesses in the woods with pointed ears in eternal life. Right. I am 31. You are 31. (laughs) I repeatedly say I'm 30 all the time. (laughs) I feel like at that point it's kind of all relative and I don't need to include the the one. Yeah. I, I feel that. Anyway, so they, both of these girls have had clear, deep obsessions with fantasy characters. And that's, I think that's normal for 12-year-olds to become really infatuated with characters that are not real. I think this happens to most people. Oh, for sure. Especially, like, these two girls are kind of outcasts at school. They're a little bit odd, quote-unquote. Yeah. Which I hate when people say those kinds. I was that kid. (laughs) So, I mean, Right. I mean, it's not odd until you're stabbing your friends 19 times. That's right. Before that, not odd. Before that, you're just... A kid with creative interests. Right. And then you stab someone and then you're strange. Yes, absolutely. You are strange. And it's the stabbing that's strange. Yes, that's a strange thing to do to another human at 12. That's exactly right. At any age, really. Right. I mean, yeah. Okay. So anyway, we're going to talk about each of the three girls more in depth later in the episode. Um, and we'll kind of break down their interests, you know, kind of the root maybe of where their personalities were at the time of the incident. But it's the finger is pointed towards Slender Man yes. as like the origin of this, which obviously they're obsessed with this legend. They really like this character um, and they really believed that they were going to kill Peyton and going to be. In this mansion, yeah, with Slenderman, I they really believed that, yeah. So that was their reality that they were living in. But we'll also go ahead and say that in no way can we actually say that Slenderman is the absolute cause. Obviously, yes, they were influenced by his, by the story of Slenderman, but this goes back to that whole thing of. Marilyn Manson caused the Columbine shootings, right? Like, Yeah, absolutely if, not. You know, absolutely not. The proclivity to commit a crime like this has to already exist in the person. Absolutely. So, I mean, my favorite song when I was in kindergarten was Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. 
That's a pretty dark song. It to yes, be it honest. Is. Yeah. Anything Nirvana is pretty dark and depressing. It is. And that was my that was my favorite. I liked my two favorite musical acts when I was young were Nirvana and Alan Jackson. I have yet to wear my Alan Jackson tank top <laughs> that we bought. I wear it on the reg. It's I think it's still in my car. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I just the opportunity has not presented itself. Yeah. I just we'll really I really love going in public with a tank top that says Hoochie and Coochie on it at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. It's the best feeling. I love that. I haven't had anyone like stop me and read it yet. And who doesn't love Alan Jackson? That's right. Everyone does. Everyone does. And his face reminds me of my grandpa's face. Oh. Has since I was little. That's probably why he was my favorite. Because my grandpa was also my favorite person. Gib? Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen your grandpa's face in a while. So the next time I'm like at a funeral, I'll have to. Yeah. I'll have to be yeah. like. Peep that. Anyone ever tell you you look like Alan Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is Alan Jackson is like 6'6 six, six, and my grandpa's like 5'9. <laughs> he is kind of short. <laughs> but I I made that connection when I was little, little. Oh. Like, oh, his face, the way, I think it's the mustache. Okay. And the way he smiles, like, the smile in his eyes made me think of my grandpa. And so that's probably why I liked him, because my grandpa was literally my favorite person as a child. So. Grandpa and Alan Jackson. That's right. What more do you need? (laughs) And I have not let go of that since I was little. I don't listen to country music at all, but I will get down on some Alan Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we are going to get into the legend of Slenderman. Oh, yes. In order to really understand the lore that enticed the two girls, this is very important. It, it really is. It seems like we don't need to go into the, that much detail with this, but we do. Yes, absolutely. So the character of Slenderman is usually depicted as an abnormally tall figure, like super fucking tall, wearing a black suit and tie. And he's almost always faceless with his head and face area, like completely white or pale gray. Now to me and the images I've seen of Slender Man, it's almost like it's solid yet it's misty. Right. Like it's mostly opaque. Yes. It's often said that he can extend and stretch his limbs and this means his arms And some stories say that he has tentacles in place of arms, while others state that they protrude from his back. Now, I have never seen the tentacle thing. I don't think I've ever paid attention to the end of his abnormally long arms. Yeah, I think in most depictions that I have seen, he is really tall and his limbs are really long. Mm -hmm. But I think he's usually against like a back, a black backdrop. But you can sometimes see, like, shorter tentacles okay. from his back. I'll have to get deeper into Google. Yeah. Um, I mean, either way, there's tentacles in this equation. And that's fucking weird. The tentacle thing is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> weird. So if you haven't seen pictures of Slender Man, just imagine, like, a Jack Skellington without a face. Right. Um, and with tentacles. Yeah. Somewhere. And really... So the person who drew the first depiction of Slender Man, I feel like had to have been drawing inspiration from Jack Skellington. Oh, because for sure. Because on Jack Skellington's suit, he has, like, the... 
Yeah, he. It's the. Yeah, it's the it's the bow tie. Mm-hmm. It comes out, and if you just see a silhouette of it, you could that could conceivably yeah. be tentacles coming out of his back. So. Absolutely, I cannot wait to make the graphic for this. It's gonna be bananas. There's also a Suicide Boys song called Slenderman. Really? Yeah. Of course there is. Yeah. This is like a like a social media phenomenon yeah. from. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, most of the pictures I've seen of Slenderman is there's like a wooded backdrop. Yeah. And this is because he's kind of like your classic lurker and really likes to chill on the edge of like the woods and forests and shit like that. And also on the outskirts of populated areas. So that just makes it a little more weird. Yeah. Classic creep. His whole modus operandi is to lure children away from their parents um, so they're never seen again. And that's just not fucking cool. Nah. No. Nah. Apparently, the original stories say that Slender Man liked to impale people on tree limbs. Why not his tentacles, though? This is what I'm saying. I feel like if you're some mystical being, like, while tentacles aren't necessarily hard and pointy. Right. I feel like if you're a fucking Mr. Extendo tentacle arms, <laughs> you could probably get that shit done you could probably muster up enough force to put that through a person's body absolutely yeah after he impaled them on tree limbs he would remove their organs obviously uh place them in baggies and then place them back in the body once the victim was like dead dead this is a lot of work he's doing i don't really understand that nope um but whatever whatever floats your boat yeah This was abandoned for the more passive version where he targets not only children, but people who saw him as children. (laughs) So if you were like eight and you're like, holy shit, I've seen Slender Man, you better watch your fucking back. He's going to be following you for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. He repeatedly appears to them and then he vanishes and he invades their minds and uh, drives them insane. Right. So that's comforting. Slow and torturous. Yeah. Another common trope associated with Slender Man is that instead of snatching the children, he puts a sort of influence over them and makes them commit acts of violence and crime. This sounds very familiar. Yep. Again, this is clearly not acceptable. Yeah. And to top everything off, um, none of the stories or legends have any information on how to defeat him. So how the fuck are Sam and Dean Winchester going to defeat Slender Man when they come into contact with him? These are people from... Supernatural. Okay. It is a TV show. It's yes. a little cheesy. I watched it back in the day. I've heard of Supernatural because it has Dean from, from Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girls. Yeah, he is Sam in Supernatural. His brother is Dean. That's weird. Yes, it's, it is. It would be even weirder if he was Dean in that, too. I know. Um, but whenever they like come across these things, everything you could ever think of, the first thing they're doing is they're looking through like all their old books of lore and shit, trying to figure out what can kill them. Ah, yeah. Well, too bad, so sad. Slender Man is both omnipotent and omniscient. Yeah, so. He is all powerful and he is everywhere. Everyone is just shit out of luck. Too bad. Stuck with them. Okay, so that is the legend. There's many, many variations. And 
Now we're going to talk about the origin of this legend because a lot of the media, especially after the stabbing of Peyton Lautner, a lot of the media liked to say that the origins of Slenderman are unclear. Yeah. And obviously this is because it is scarier and more mysterious, Mm -hmm. but that's simply not true. And Slenderman has a very, very clear point of origin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Slenderman was originally a creation of a person named Eric Knudsen. And he was in a website called Something Awful under the alias Victor Surge. Great name. Love that. So Eric was responding to a call on the website Something Awful for posters to contribute digitally altered photos that would serve as the basis for new mythologies or stories. So this website was basically like, hey, creators, we're looking for this specific type of photo that is digitally altered. Send in your entries. Yeah. Because they wanted to create stories, basically. So this dude understood the assignment. He understood the assignment 100%. -hmm. And judging from the the name of the website, Something Awful, these are all probably very dark, creepy kind of stories. Right. I probably would have loved this website if I knew it existed. Yeah. So, Knudsen's effort was posted on June 10th, 2009... So there are groups of children that are, like, climbing up the ladder to go down a slide at a mm-hmm. park. And it's just, it's not an organized kind of photo. There are just children, like, everywhere. And in the background, you can see the figure of Slender Man. And at first glance, it seems to be normal. But then, obviously, Slender Man is huge he's Mm -hmm. super tall and has no face and so that gives the picture really creepy unsettling feeling yeah because it's not it's digitally altered to make it look like he is part of the photo yeah so you can't tell it's not like he was just like pasted on there it's very well done i have to look at it right now it's very well done the In the photo, where Slenderman is standing, there's like a ring of children that seem to be standing around him. So you have all the other kids kind of running around playing. And then in the background, you have Slenderman and a handful of kids standing in a circle around him. Yeah. So that's the original Slenderman creation. Along with this image... Eric Knudsen provided small snippets of text that were kind of supposed to operate as eyewitness accounts and um, give context and hints about the scene depicted in the photos and the eyewitness accounts in relation to Slenderman as seen in the photo. So he's trying to kind of write it as if it's a news report. Like, here's the image. Here are eyewitness accounts of what this image in the background is. So following this initial appearance of the Slenderman legend, it was that character of Slenderman was picked up by other users, and they either took him out of that original 
context created by Eric Knudsen and put him into their own story, or they wrote short accounts of other alleged encounters with Slenderman, sculpting some of the features that we talked about earlier and what now makes up the full legend of Slenderman. So the legend that we talked about earlier really is just an amalgamation of a bunch of different users on the Something Something Awful website kind of working as almost like a crowdsourced effort to create this story. Yeah. Is kind of what it feels like. So the day after Eric Knudsen's post, a user named LeechCode5 posted a photo with a backstory featuring Slenderman. But not long after that, a user named Trenchmall had used Slenderman in his own story. And then another user known as Throw Up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's clever, but I also really hate it. Yeah. So Throw Up. (laughs) I can't (laughs) say it and take it seriously. Oh, my God. (laughs) He posted a story, he or she, I guess, posted a story about a figure in Germany who stalked children on the edge of the forest, providing an invented historical reference point for the character. So this story from Germany is where the part about Slenderman being a lurker came from. Yeah. And just about a week after those incidents, Slenderman became the subject of a YouTube series based on an earlier Something Awful post by user Troy Wagner. So this the series, which alleged to detail interactions or discoveries about the Slender Man made while working on a film project. So this is all staged. This is a film project by a film creator who's trying to make it look as if they're stumbling upon the discovery of Slender Man while doing something else. Right. So your classic like horror film setup. This series of videos was supported by a Twitter feed and a second YouTube channel that allowed the character to move from being simply text, an image, and a forum to being an ARG. I don't know what an ARG is. Not a clue. Okay, great. Basically, giving it movement, putting it in video format, and making it more real. Yeah. So, it's now being referred to discussed and modified across platforms and modalities by an increasing number of contributors. So Slender Man is basically his own Wikipedia page now. Across platforms, everyone's in on it. Everyone is contributing, modifying the legend, adding to it, all of this. So it has a single point of origin, but it grew exponentially from there. Yeah. It caught on quick it did um (laughs) i these photos are really awesome (laughs) it's like i went through a phase when i was younger this one really gets me for some reason yeah yeah that's horrifying absolutely when i was younger i went through a phase it's because i was a huge tim burton fan Mm -hmm. i was a dark kid Like, my favorite movies as a child were Tim Burton films. I loved Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. I loved Nightmare Before Christmas. 
all of it. And I went through a phase where I was only drawing things in Tim Burton form. Well, I think every kid kind of has a creepy phase. Caden and Jameson both really loved Coraline for a long time. It's so good. And that movie is real creepy. creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To the point where I was like, oh. I don't know. Like, Caden has always loved Nightmare Before Christmas, because I love the Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. But that one's not really creepy. It's... It's just weird. It just... It looks creepy. Right. It's creepy to little kids. Right. But it's very, like, lighthearted. Yeah, but not nightmare creepy. Right. So. Yeah. I loved it. But I never grew out of my creepy face. I'm still attracted to creepy things. Same. Same. I, I love... Any, which is why we now have a true crime podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so whenever I was researching this and reading about all three of these girls, I felt like I was, th- I was these girls mm-hmm. when I was twelve. Yeah, I, it, it is relatable. Like to be different from right. most of the kids that you are surrounded with all the time. Exactly. All right, we're going to talk about Peyton. Um, she had always been called by the nickname Bella and she loved cats and she loved playing dress up and she also loved Harry Potter. This is adorable. It is so adorable. Peyton and Morgan had been best friends since the fourth grade and she wasn't as close to Anissa, but having only known her for a short time, um, they both considered Morgan their best friend. Right. Peyton was more social at school than the other two, but none of them were what you might call popular. One mom from the middle school they went to, Horning Middle School, actually called them misfits. Um, This makes that mom a complete bitch. That's right. Who's going to be calling 12-year-olds misfits? Like, excuse me, lady, all of these 12-year-olds are misfits. Right. You know what I mean? They're not fitting. This is not the time to fit in. Absolutely And not. who wants to fit in? That's right. That's so fucking lame. What a bitch. Oh, I hate you. I hate her. None of the girls were super girly, and they weren't interested in boys. I mean, they were 12, and they didn't really aspire to join, like, anything super popular, especially the dance team, and that was totally us in middle school. Same. I mean, I was a dancer for a long time in my youth, but I was not on a dance team. I danced ballet, so... That's different. That's much different. (laughs) Peyton would frequently dress up as a cat and go to school. How precious is that? That is precious as fuck. And she would draw whiskers on the backs of her hands. Now, fun fact, after Peyton was attacked, a lot of the kids in her grade wanted to go to school with whiskers in the back of their hands to, like, show support for her, but the school wouldn't let them. The school is like, no, you can't do that. That's disruptive. Yeah. Like, you know what's disruptive? Being at school. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, administration. That's so stupid. That's really precious that they wanted to do that. Yeah. I, Horning Middle School, call me. We need to talk about this. Yeah. So Anissa and Morgan started to become really close and Peyton kind of became the third wheel. And that sucks. It sucks. And this seemed to occur when Anissa and Morgan became more infatuated with Slenderman. So they were clearly bonding 
over this shared interest and Peyton wanted nothing to do with it. No, she did not. Yeah, she was super afraid of Slender Man. And the other two girls would actually, like, torment her by sending her links to the creepypasta page. And they would tell her that he was going to get her while she was sleeping. That's so horrifying. That is so horrifying. Like, the latest thing, when Caden was in kindergarten, first grade, there was that Momo thing. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And that shit pissed me off because okay here's my whole stance on that every kid needs a good creepy thing to be scared of okay a a scary story a legend you know that kind of shit right this thing was like oh he's gonna get you while you're sleeping but this momo thing was like telling little kids to do fucked up shit yeah like turn all the burners on your stove when your parents go to sleep and then go to bed or, like, make sure when you cut your wrist, you do it this way and not that way. Some, what? There was a an actual human being creating those. Yes. And they were, like, it was so hard to stop those videos because they were being put into regular, like, little kid videos on yeah. kids' YouTube. Yeah. Like, one minute you'd be watching Peppa Pig. And the next, that fucking Momo thing was on the screen telling people how to kill their parents. And that's terrifying. Super terrifying. Caden was fucked up about that for a long time. Yeah. And I had to, like, explain to him that, for one, that's not real. Like, that whole spiel. Right. And that you absolutely cannot do these things. Right. And it's really hard. Like, because even if you are a parent in that situation and you're trying to explain to your kid that something is make-believe, it's not real. Sometimes even saying that to them, having the conversation, it doesn't convince them. No. And I remember trying to talk to other parents about this, to talk to their kids. I was just so afraid because some little kids are given instruction and they do something. Right. You know what I mean? And... A six-year-old is not going to know that if you turn the, click the gas onto your stove, that that could be a problem. Right. right. And I, like, really tried to talk to other parents to talk to their kids about this. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just another scary ghost story. Like, no, bitch. This is not a story about a boogeyman in the woods. Like, the internet is trying to explain to your children how to properly slice their wrists. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, because at at the age of that those videos were targeting, those kids don't co- they don't connect. No. The act of like cutting your wrists to dying. And they don't even understand the concept of death. No. They do not. And that was what was so terrifying like It's kind of like the whole Tide Pod thing. I'm sorry. If you were out there 18 years old eating Tide Pods, were you dropped as a child? Were you drunk when you were doing this? Did you you attend a science class? How much meth were you doing? That's like your own fault. Yes. But I'm sorry. I'm just not okay with adults creating content to sneak and leak onto child safe websites that is telling them 
how to kill their parents when they're sleeping. Yeah. No, thank you. It's it's really horrifying. The internet is a terrible place. Anyways. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the suspects in this case. So first, we'll start with Morgan. Um, she obviously loved fantasy. I think she was probably into fantasy the most of the three girls. She was obsessed with things like Harry Potter and Star Trek. There's even a photo out there you can see she's wearing Spock ears and doing, like, the thing, mm-hmm. right? The Star Trek thing. I don't know what you call this. I keep doing it. You guys can't see it, though. <laughs> Uh, She had a reputation for making up stories in her head all the time, so it's unsurprising that her favorite teacher was the language arts teacher. I mean, same. However, most of her teachers thought that she was odd. Morgan often referred to herself as creepy and a mental case, which is terrible. Mm -hmm. Teachers have stated that Morgan would sometimes bark like a dog and catch insects to fling at at her fellow students. So that's not normal behavior. Uh, In January of her sixth grade year, so the same year of the attack, Morgan was suspended for a brief period for bringing a hammer to school. Not good. That's not good. Despite all of these bizarre instances, it's also reported that Morgan had an above average IQ, good grades, and was a very gifted artist. She would sometimes appear distracted in class or would draw, but always turned in her work on time. So she was clearly a creative person. Yeah. And a lot of times creative people are attracted to the darkness. Mm-hmm. It's kind of goes hand in hand. Um, now we're going to talk a little bit about what the media has reported about her parents. And this is fucking outrageous. It made me really heated whenever I read all of this information. Yeah. So Morgan's parents... They have reportedly had an erratic pattern of employment. Uh, Her mother, Angie, was laid off in November before the attack from her last job at a hospital. Morgan's dad actually receives what I'm assuming, it says government assistance, but I'm guessing it's disability, for mental illness. He had a schizophrenic break as a teenager. Hold on to that information for later. Um, And the media likes to point to the I'm going to do quote-unquote dark interests of Morgan's parents when talking about her own dark imagination. Her parents were apparently lovers of metal music and fairy paintings. I mean, my kids listen to my music while they're in the backseat. I mean, whenever I used to watch my nephews, all I listened to was death metal pretty much. Caden straight up asked me the other day to listen to the new Lorna Shore song. Yeah. I was like, of course you can. I'm so proud. (laughs) And fairy paintings? I mean, that's not really my vibe. Um, I don't want to own any fairy paintings. I'd like to look at some, though. I do like to look at them. Yeah. Like, if I am on the internet and I see someone post, like, their own artwork that is of fairies, I'm going to look at it. Yeah. Like, I have an alien tapestry in my room. Not, like mystical fairy paintings right exactly but i'll look at some yeah and fairy paintings is not evil no they're fairies <laughs> i'm confused what? By come this. on so uh apparently those are red flags for the media okay uh their home is described as gothic all right 
Morgan's dad gave her mom a birthday card with a skull on it. Wow, someone call the fucking police. Whoa. Whoa. Pump the brakes, my man. That's too dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his online usernames were, quote, I love evil and dead boy 420. That's like such a, tr- like a, that's such a vibe now, though. Yeah. And it's like, there's a whole thing out there of rooting for the villain and liking the villain, you know. It, it's it's just it's just a vibe now like that's yeah. just a style that's like an aesthetic it's a whole aesthetic it doesn't mean you're like some fucked up parent yeah it it doesn't i like, mean i'm not out here creating usernames that say like whatever whatever 420 i don't do that right but that's also me yeah and if i did that speaks nothing to my character. No, it absolutely doesn't. Some some people make usernames because they think they're funny. Exactly. You know? Like one of my favorite TikTokers, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. And like, I don't know. My my Instagram handle is at C Madness. Yeah. Which my middle initial is C and my first name is Madeline. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're clinically insane. Yeah, I'm not mad. I just... It's just a play on my name, but, you know, these people are grasping at straws and trying to say that her parents are goth, so that's why she's all fucked up. This is not how this works, people. No. If you are what your parents are, then I would still live in Adrian, live on a farm, and wear shit kickers. Exactly. But I don't do any of those things. Yep. So. It's just slanderous postulating. That's what this is. Exactly right. So, whatever. And also, they like to point to the fact that Morgan's dad posted a photo of one of her drawings of Slenderman on his Instagram. And was like, oh... Only Morgan would draw pictures of Slender Man and Crayon at the dinner table. Like, he's just being a supportive dad. Have you seen some of the shit little kids draw? Little little kids are creepy. They are. They draw weird things. Their idea of what the human body looks like anyways is not only hilarious, but weird as shit. It, it really is. Yeah, so that's so stupid. It is. That is so stupid to me. So stupid. He's just trying to support her creative endeavors and he's being slanderized for it. Yep. This is some real bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever. Fuck the media. And, uh, so Morgan met Anissa because they lived in the same apartment complex and rode the bus together every day. And this is where their friendship blossomed. All right. Now we're going to talk about Anissa. So the year before Anissa met Morgan, her parents had gotten divorced and this affected Anissa a lot. And she was still feeling pretty depressed at the time that she met Morgan. Um, She was finding it very difficult to adjust to the changes in her life. So that's very understandable. And that's a tough age. That's a tough age to be dealing with getting with divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But despite the divorce, her relationships with her family remained very consistent and her mom worked nights, so she would pick Anissa up from the bus stop, and her dad would come stay with her after he got off work. So it seems like her parents 
were consistently trying to make sure shit was taken care of and that they were co-parenting as best as they could. Right. So Anissa began to act as Morgan's de facto defender (laughs) and Morgan's proclivity for fantastical and strange behavior, of course, attracted bullies because for some reason that makes you fucking weird. Yeah. Like get a personality. Like everyone's not doing that when they're by themselves. Right. Anissa was there to stand up for Morgan when she was targeted, and she even punched a boy at school for bullying Morgan, so fuck yeah. Hell yeah. And I want everyone to know that we are in no way standing up for these girls stabbing their friend 19 times. We just think it's fucked up that they were targeted for not being what people think you should be as a 12-year-old girl. That's right. And uh, we will talk more about Morgan and Anissa and the whole situation, but of course... We don't condone what they did. Yeah. That that should go without saying, but right. it won't. People can get the wrong idea. Yeah, people can get the wrong idea, and it will not go without saying. So we're just, we said it. We, there we it is. We said it. That's all. Anissa was actually the first to discover the Slenderman legend, and she came across it in a game of Minecraft and was then directed by a friend to Creepypasta's website. Which I never actually went to. I've never been on the website, but right. I've seen things from Creepypasta. Yeah, I've heard rumblings about Creepypasta, but honestly, whenever it became a thing, I was a full-blown fucking adult. Right. So I, it was not something I would peruse. Right. So Anissa was then the one to introduce Morgan to Slenderman, and it just kind of took off from there. It did snowball. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the charges the trial, the convictions, the sentences, the whole shit, because there's a lot. So starting with Morgan, she was charged as an adult with attempted first-degree intentional homicide. And here is a timeline of her case start to finish. So the incident happens in May of 2014. Uh, August of 2014, after expert testimony, the judge actually finds that Morgan is incompetent and suspends her prosecution for a time. So this isn't him finding her incompetent and dismissing the charges. It's him basically putting a hold on the case for her to have further evaluation. So the further evaluation happens, and in December of 2014, Morgan is reevaluated and now found competent, which means she understands the charges that are brought against her. Yeah. And the prelim is set for February. So February of 2015, the prelim happens. Morgan's attorney testifies for the court that she, that Morgan fully believed in the Slenderman legend and that she had to kill Peyton or Slenderman would kill her and her whole entire family. So that's the gist of what the defense is pleading at the prelim he's trying the defense is trying to get this case tried in juvenile court yeah and he's basically using her preoccupation with slender man to show that she in fact does not have the mental capacity to be tried as as an adult however in march of 2015 the judge rejects this and sets the case for trial in adult court June 2015, Morgan is diagnosed with early onset schizophrenia, 
which is a very rare diagnosis for someone that young. Yeah. Usually for girls, it's mid-20s. And boys, I think it might be a skosh earlier than that, but usually it is at least 20s. Damn. So early onset schizophrenia and that it could be genetic, as we talked about earlier, her father suffered similar mental illness and had been hospitalized for schizophrenia at least four times between ages 14 and 15. So, and a lot of mental illness does have a genetic component, most experts say. So August of 2015, still being charged as an adult, and because she is being charged as an adult, the judge allows media coverage. And this means that Morgan's face can be shown on mainstream media. As, what, how old is she now? 13, She's 13. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Just because she's tried as an adult doesn't mean she is an adult. Yes. And her identity should still be kept private. Yeah. That's so fucking outrageous. (sighs) Annoyed. So, January of 2016, a civil court judge actually approves the request to send Morgan to a psychiatric hospital. And uh, she, so she goes and receives her very first treatment. So she was diagnosed in, what is this? She's diagnosed in June 2015 and doesn't receive her first treatment for her schizophrenia until January. Wow. That's so long. That is long. She receives her first treatment for schizophrenia, and this includes medication that silences the voices that she hears. So she, the, her schizophrenia manifests in hearing voices and having delusions. Yeah. I, I just don't understand why she wouldn't have been receiving treatment prior to that, but whatever. July of 2016, the Court of Appeals rules that the defense failed to show by a preponderance of the evidence that the case should be tried in, in juvenile court. And it is to stay in adult court. The defense has repeatedly argued for the case to be moved into juvenile court. In August of 16, Morgan enters a plea of not guilty uh, by reason of mental disease or defect, and doctors are ordered to evaluate her. September of 2017, Morgan is scheduled to go before a jury in October, but ends up pleading guilty as charged but not to be held criminally liable and will remain in the state mental hospital where she had already been treated in February of 18. That plea is accepted and she is ordered to be committed for 40 years in mental health treatment and monitoring monitoring, and will remain at a secure mental health institute. The judge opted for the maximum commitment term after hearing from experts who suggested that Geyser... Well, Morgan, which in this is February of 2018, who is now Morgan is now 15 years old. She could receive more effective treatment for her schizophrenia somewhere other than the Winnebago Mental Health Institute where she had been staying. And so she is moved, but it doesn't say where she's moved. In January of 2019, Morgan files an appeal to have her that her case should have been tried in juvenile court arguing she didn't understand her rights, and she agreed to be interviewed alone at the age of 12 and didn't understand what rights she was giving up. Yeah. August of 2020, she loses that appeal. 
September of 2020, her defense team takes the case to the state Supreme Court. And in January of 2021, this appeal is also denied. That's a wild ride, dude. Such a wild ride. And she can't appeal her verdict Mm -hmm. because it's a plea deal. Yeah. And that's part of when you plead guilty, you forfeit your rights to appeal. Yeah. So she's she's pretty much done now. That's she's it. She's exhausted most of her appeals. Yeah. So Anissa is also charged as an adult with attempted first degree intentional homicide. In September 2014, the judge ordered Anissa to undergo psychological evaluation to determine whether her case could be transferred to juvenile court. In December 2014, Anissa is found competent and the prelim is set for February of 2015. So in February, Anissa's defense made similar arguments that Morgan's did um, and that the attack was out of a kill or be killed situation. In March 2015, the judge rejects this and sets the case for trial as an adult. So this sounds very, very similar to Morgan's. Yep. Again, in August 2015, Anissa's face is also shown by the media. In July 2015, the Court of Appeals rules that defense failed to show by preponderance of the evidence that they should be tried as juveniles, and the case is to stay in adult court. Defense has repeatedly argued for this case to be heard in juvenile court, yet once again, here we are. Here we are. In September of 2016, Anissa also pleads not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. But in August 2017, Anissa pleads guilty to lesser charges. And she pleads guilty to attempted second-degree homicide as a party to a crime with use of a deadly weapon and will proceed to trial only on whether her mental condition at the time should make her legally responsible for this crime. September 2017, Anissa is found not guilty. A jury rules that Weir should get treated for the Slender Man delusion that led her to try to kill, you know, her sixth grade classmate and not go to prison for this. And 10 of 12 jurors agreed that she was suffering from a mental disorder when she and Morgan tried to fatally stab Peyton and that it prevented her from knowing her conduct was wrong. In December 2017, so at this point, Anissa is 15 years old, is actually committed 25 years to the Winnebago Mental Health Institute, and the judge followed the prosecution recommendation for the maximum length of supervision. She will spend at least three years in the state mental institute before seeking release on the community supervision, and her supervision will last until she is 37 years old. In November of 2020, Um, She petitions to be released as she does not pose a risk to herself or others, and three health professionals are ordered to evaluate her. July of 2021, the judge grants Anissa's petition for release. This is very surprising to me. Mm -hmm. Um, A conditional release plan is ordered to be prepared before she can be released. And September of this year, so this month, 2021, The judge approves the condition release plan for Anissa, and this happened on the 10th, and she was released on September 13th and um, will serve out the rest of her commitment in the community, but she'll also be monitored with a GPS tracking device and will be supervised with case managers until she's 37. Yep. That shit's crazy. 
It's super crazy. And 37 is a random age, by the way. It is very random. I know that makes, like, that completes 25 years from 12 to 37, but still, still 37 yeah. is just a weird it number. It feels wrong. It feels wrong. So. So that's it. That's, um, that's the whole story. Yeah. It's, uh, first of all, shout out to the podcast Morbid. It's a huge podcast, so you, you've probably seen it. It's just called yeah. Morbid. They covered this case in their uh, episode 209, so check it out. I think they actually do two episodes. They do one on the stabbing attack and one on the Slender Man legend. So they split this episode into two, which could have easily been done. Yeah. Honestly. In wrap-up, final thoughts. Um, this is a really tough one. I find so difficult to grapple with because on one hand, you always want people to be held accountable for the crimes they commit. Yeah. But on the other hand, you want to be like, these girls were 12 years old. Right. Like, it's so hard for me to situate this case in any way that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they definitely should have been tried in juvenile court. A hundred percent should have been tried in juvenile court. 12 years old. Right. At the end of the day, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I mean, they definitely should have gone through all of those evals. I'm glad they're getting treatment. Right. But at the same time, I mean, mental illness or no mental illness, you are not the same person as you are at 12 as you will be at 20. Right. So it is hard to say what you think should have happened or what you think is acceptable and all those kinds yeah. of things. It's almost something you don't really want to have an opinion on. It is something you don't want to have an opinion yeah, on. Yeah, it's Be- hard. Because you're always going to have the thought, like, I have real sympathy for both Morgan and Anissa, but also you have to deal with Peyton. Like, yes, she's a victim here. She was stabbed 19 times. That's that's so many. That is brutal. That is so brutal. And she had to she had to go through multiple surgeries mm-hmm. and the tr- the lasting trauma that that attack is going to is had on her and will continue to have on her is probably lifelong. So she's going to be affected by this for her whole life. Mm-hmm. And so you have to like I don't know. There's got to be a balance somewhere. Where they're held accountable, but not to an extent where it isn't fitting, I guess. They, yeah. For a child. For a child. Yeah. It's just, and I think a lot of people get very worked up and, like, look at it like, well, there's the victim. They're full, they were, they fully intended to kill her. And so Morgan should be in, in, incarcerated for 40 years. Anissa should be incarcerated for 25 years. Outrage that she is released. Yeah. But then you also have to think about the fact that mental development, especially for the brain, does not happen by the time you're 12. Exactly. Like, I had a, I actually had a full-blown party when I turned 25 because 25 is the age at which your uh, frontal lobe is fully developed medically. Yeah. 25. You are 25 before your brain is fully developed. Yeah, and not a lot of people realize that. I know. 
I don't know why I knew it. I'm not like <laughs> into like science deeply. So I don't know why I knew that, but I did. And it had like, I literally had a party like, oh, I have my frontal lobe now. I'm fully aware of all the decisions I make because that's what the frontal lobe is. It's considered to be the center control of our behavior and our emotional response to things. Yeah. So if you don't have that, if you are 13 years out of having a fully developed frontal lobe, your emotional response and your behavior and impulse control is wildly underdeveloped. Right. Especially if you are also grappling with mental illness. Yeah. Like both of these girls. I mean. <laughs> I just feel so weird about the whole thing. Honestly. I feel super weird about it. Super weird. Cause, and Morgan was fully diagnosed by medical professionals as having early onset schizophrenia. Yeah. And she has said in a couple of interviews that she fully remembers having hearing voices and having delusions as early as three years old. That's really sad. That's super sad. Oh, my. I scooted my mic away from me. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> So we would love to hear your thoughts yeah, on I, this. I would like to hear what other people think. Yeah. I would too. This was a wild ride. It, it, yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad we did it. It's perfect for spook season. It really is. Now you all know everything about Slenderman. You know everything about Slenderman. You know everything about the case that happened inspired by slender man yeah so i mean what's spookier than that what is spookier than that i don't know we'll see <laughs> we shall see we have a lot of really cool episodes planned so um buckle up yeah i'm very excited about all of them buckle up Speaking of buckle up, I'm about to unbutton the top of my skinnies because I have to pee so bad Mm -hmm. and I just don't know if I can take this any longer. Yeah. All right. Wow. That. Oof. Relieve some pressure. (sighs) Yeah, it did. (laughs) Haley, Ariel, you two are just absolutely phenomenal. Top tier individuals. It's just, it's wild to me how creative you two are. Excellent, excellent human beings. Like, I'm not good at anything. Well, I don't think that's true. Well, as far as, like, putting beats together or drawing magical things. Okay. Well, those are very specific skills. They are. Um, I'd like to be. Yeah. But that's why we have them. Yeah, that's right. So, I see the first bubble of the lava lamp has finally released. Yeah. So. I need I need to start planning this better and like coming up here about an hour before we yeah, start. That means we've been up here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So please subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your uncles and your cousins and all that good shit. Maybe and... a, maybe tell a stranger that's standing behind you in line at the grocery store. Yeah, just like be standing there and like turn around real quick and be like, hey, you should listen to the What If I Told You podcast. Yeah, and they'll say, what's a podcast? I'm 85 years old. And then you'll just hop on their phone and like download it yeah. real quick for them. Yeah. And uh, 
that'll boost our shit. Yeah. So we need you to do that. And also rate us five stars if you use Apple Podcasts. Please. Please And if you don't use Apple Podcasts because you have an Android or because you are an iPhone user that listens to us on Spotify, Mm -hmm. go ahead and start listening to us on Apple Podcasts Mm -hmm. and get your shit together. You know, you could listen to each episode twice, once on Apple Podcasts and once on Spotify, and then that would really help us out. You write. So, that's how we know you're a write or die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all. Emily is about to make a mess all over my other chair, so we're going to have to bid you guys a fond farewell. Uh, so especially right now, please be kind to each other. Stay weird. Okay, goodbye. Bye.